This is Michael Craver. I appreciate everybody joining in. It's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. I see people out walking. Sun is... There's been a humidity warning uh, often that comes up on my phone, not just for my area, but for the surrounding areas. And I suppose that's a conscious and informative thing to tell people in case they're traveling. It's been that kind of season where people want to get up and out of the house and Let's go see something. Let's go do something. Just ran across this wonderful road to nowhere, um, which I think is out in Lake Ramshire, North Carolina. The town uh, originally would have had a plan to build this uh, dam or build like a reservoir, a, a big construction program, but because of the way the water would have backed up and where it would have been held, it would have damaged some homes, cemeteries, roads, you know, that would have displaced all of those things. So they put it on hold, and they had started tunneling this uh, road, this opening through a mountain, um, and that was for the workers to be able to go and work on the other side and so forth. But when they abandoned the project, it's, it's called the road to nowhere. So that road just kind of goes up to that tunnel, and that's the end. But it's a great hiking uh, location. It's like 1,200 uh, feet, I believe, is the way they were talking about it. Um, I was appreciating myself uh, this morning in a different way. I was thinking about the natural tendencies of people for life to go on, right? I'm, I'm thinking about these tunnels it's a road to nowhere well it's hot people are going to be walking well well what else is on people's minds you know you have a natural tendency to let's say at the rest <laughs> at the restaurant to <laughs> have <laughs> this competitive t- nature against your co-workers you want to make as much money or more money you want to be as comfortable as they are or the vanity of it all, right? People come in here. I've got my nails done. Do you have SNS? I've got SNS. Oh, well, you've got your nails done, but mine are chipped, but they're still SNS. And it's just, oh, it is something else to watch people just compare and contrast and get on there. As as the Oasis song says, get, get off your high horse, lady. I love the album. It's from uh, Oasis. I believe it's in 2008. And that's from Don't Believe the Truth, one of my favorite albums. Every Oasis is one of my favorite albums. <laughs> I uh, find myself that I my natural tendency in, in things is to listen to music from the island, as I call it. Um, Albion's Land is uh, how it's referred to in some old uh, stories. Uh, Iron Maiden... Um, has a song called Coming Home. Iron Maiden is from England, the island, as I call it, where the Beatles are from. Mike, David Michael Rosenberg. So that's Passenger, for those of you who don't know. Uh, love Passenger. Love Oasis. Iron Maiden. If you, Those of you guys who are fans of other English music, um, even like some of the hip-hop music that's been coming out. But uh, for me... Those things um, use a lot of guitar and keyboards, pianos. They tell a lot of stories. You know, people love things like Adele, you know. And everybody knows you know, there's some great live albums that are from those famous places there, like the Royal Albert Music Hall or Oasis is very famous for many, many times playing Wembley, but that was a great arena. The big rock and roll bands would go play. Uh, the Rolling Stones, also an English band. But uh, I always love when you, when you see things like um, in the 90s, watching... Uh, 
Guns N' Roses play those kind of arenas. And my natural tendency is to just look at all that energy. You know, you're looking outside, you see the sunshine, you see the people walking. Enjoy all that energy. My tendency is to gravitate towards good energy and opportunity to you know, put a smile on people's faces. I've had many talks with family, you know, my mother and different people about, how's work going? How's the project going? How's that? And I said, look, here's what I see. That's fine. But what I, you know, but often I get accused of talking about the things that are quote unquote negative. Well, the other stuff doesn't need to be talked about. It's fixed, right? It doesn't need fixing. It ain't broke. It don't fix it. So I think to myself, yeah, here's some things that need to be fixed, need to be addressed at least, need to be brought up, because I'm the guy. People would come because I have a lot of different experience in different kinds of fields. Uh, they might come to me and say, "I want to make some more money. What do I have to do?" I say, "Go to the manager, tell him what you want to make, and ask him if there's, there's a possibility to do that. What are the requirements? What are the qualifications? Do I need to change positions? Is there a production?" Um, associated with it so i need to to do x number of things per hour and and from that you'll have some kind of direction um but i think to myself that it's it's really beautiful to be able to sit back and like on a day like today just absorb the energy and i thought i'm gonna sit down where i can look out the window i'm gonna record a show just off the cuff and I thought of the term natural tendencies. And different things came to mind. Because listening to great music would be something I would naturally do on a beautiful day like today. Many people will go on a hike, get in a swimming pool. They'll cook a great meal, spend the time with family, visit friends. Um, there'll be different things they will partake in if it's because they love a beverage, if it's because they love a taste. And so... There are things that we have that are natural tendencies that are underneath of all that, the, the ideas. That you have the natural tendency to detach value from things. And that's the kind of deeper, you know, nonsense that I'm talking about. Um, and I will. I'll devalue a lot of, or at least on the surface, devalue a lot of the things that I say by making them seem like, oh, that's, he called it nonsense. Well, it's not nonsense. But to the people who get it, they know that that's a buffer. That's just a nonsense term. <laughs> that's what it is. And to the people who don't get it, it's a way for them to be able to grab that and stick it around their neck and wear that as their necklace, their emblem, their albatross. Ultimately, to me, if you don't understand it, it's... Someone said to me, you know, your podcasts are a little long. Some of the talks are a little... You know, and I said, look, if you don't get it, you don't get it. The goal is not to have the most attention possible, right? You want to grow your audience. You want. I said, the, you know, the thing's called escaping vanity, right? It's not designed to have a great audience. Well, hopefully, the quality of the audience is great. It's not designed to have um, the, an audience of the populace. Now, if, if you know, luck were to play a part in it, or some sort of you know monotonous thing happens, somebody organically likes something it takes off wonderful um but to me I, I try to stay true to the things that are important to me if i say it in a long-winded way maybe that's just how i express myself and 
that's my natural tendency is to, to run a little long, to ask way too many questions, to have all the bases covered. Because to me, doing your homework and having all of that structure to be better safe than sorry is how I've gone through my adult life. Um, yeah, I make a lot of decisions that end up, <laughs> I would do them and make the choices to be able to have the story to tell. But I only did them to have the story to tell because I felt very comfortable on, you know, coming out unscathed on the other side. I have a natural tendency to want to be able to say something out loud that might have been uh, unpredictable. Yes, it's my it's most definitely unpredictable. So that you might have that look on your face, your eyebrows go up, your skin's flushed, or whatever. Huh? What? I, I love, let me tell you, I sat down yesterday, I was listening to Red Fox. I put on one of his shows, Sly Fox, I believe, is what I was listening to. Old old album. Most of Red Fox's work, you'll never hear. If you get on eBay and you start buying his comedy album, I shouldn't tell you this because I don't want you buying ones that I might need. But his comedy albums, his records from the last century uh, are lost for the most part. Uh, people own them, and there are a few greatest hits and a few things that are on iTunes. But he's got over 50 albums of different material. And you know, for the most part, they'll never see the light of day. Um, I can't understand why anybody would put the effort into putting them together and putting them out there. See how I gave too many details about that? <laughs> So this Sly Fox album, I'm listening to it, and he's it's just the most outrageous stuff. But it, it, part of it is, to me, the beauty of listening to that is I understand the vernacular that he's using, the terms. There's a lot of things that if you said them, if you put them into a Facebook post or tried to share them today with somebody you know, they would not understand why this term is is funny or what that term represents in the 1960s and 70s so one of his jokes i got a ten dollar bill sitting uh on the counter because somebody left uh, gratuity and i said this reminds me of what i was listening to this reminds me of red fox it's a red Fo who's red fox i said red fox is fred sanford from sanford and son oh yeah yeah sanford and son my youngest son, Jonathan, is named after Red Fox. I fucking love Red Fox. And he's, his joke was, here's a $10 bill. He said, now, he said, when Christmas comes around, one thing that you can do for some of your close friends for the holidays is ask them to borrow $10. But only take five. And so you ask for 10, they give you five. He says, that way, you got five, and they got five. So... They loaned you five, and they owe you five, and you owe them five, and now you're even. <laughs> and I said, what the fuck? I understood where he was going from the beginning. I've listened to, to, to too much, and I love those, love the old stories of ironic language and things. That's my natural tendency. But I, I, I said that, and I kind of looked at me. He said, you'd borrow five. You only take five. So they owe you five? I don't I'm not following. And I thought, jeez, man, come on. It just to me, those are the little things that divide 
your personality with somebody else. They understand what's on a slang t-shirt. They understand the inside jokes of their favorite show and movie and the outrageous urban dictionary and strange slang that's in a lot of the music, right? I would listen to things and I would say, that that doesn't make any sense. Oh, it's just music. Well, I would think you would take the time to write something beautiful that makes sense. Now, I say that because it's my natural tendency to say that thing as an observer. But as an observer, I also... And a, an objective guy. Let's let's throw the word objective in there instead. As an objective guy, I listen to a lot of Noel Gallagher. Love my Oasis. A lot of those songs don't make no sense. Don't make no sense. I'll tell you this. Uh, he was doing an interview after he had played, I, I believe, the Le Cabaret uh, location in Paris. Um, but anyway, they're interviewing him in this back stairwell, this beautiful, beautiful music hall and theater. And the guy says, you know, you are, you know, such a great songwriter and people love your work and, you know, what do these songs mean to you? And, you know, he said, they don't mean a thing to me. He said, I work on the album. I work on the songs. And then I get that together and I record it and it's finished. And then I put it out there. And what it means, that's for all of you to figure out. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I just, I just, I lost my cool listening to that because now see in modern times lose my cool would mean like you're mad and that's not that's not what that means it just throws you off um and i just i lost my cool i sat there and i said what in the, like this is guy is considered one of the great songwriters of his generation he's he's written all of the you know his albums oasis albums he's done, contributed a lot of other things uh, they've sold, uh, you know, X number of tickets and LPs and number ones and everything, right? And here he is telling you the songwriting process is a craft, right? But once he puts it, like the meaning behind it, like what you interpret the song to mean to you, it's just up to you. He wanted something that made a beautiful song. And I thought, well, it, does it get any sense? I know how much hard work... How much tediousness and everything else goes into that? But does it get any simpler than that? You know? It sounds good. It does sound good. Flows well. It does, yeah, it does all the things a song's supposed to do. And you feel like there's this great mystery to it because, you know, the guy's, he's put a lot of great effort into, into those things. And when I say great effort, I mean time-consuming, long-term affairs these this love and hate he has with some of these songs it, it, as a person who's lit, seen many of his interviews and other things he's talked about how uh some of the songs he's sat on for x number of years until finally one day <laughs> he sees something experiences something and he's like oh that's what i've been looking for and <laughs> he takes it and he throws it in a song and then the world thinks well isn't that nice? Yeah. It's a puzzle he's been waiting for the last piece of for, you know, 15 years, 20 years. Um, I just, I can't think to myself, like, why folks don't like music like that. But then I understand we all come from different backgrounds and we have different natural tendencies, right? It's just how it is. And... I'll give you a for instance. Uh, 
um, somebody uh, told me they were getting a tattoo, and I said, you know, are you getting something special? And they said, well, all artwork is special. And I said, that's not what the word special means. If you put special down and there's a pie graph or any other measurement, right, then there's a hundred pieces. Can a hundred pieces be special? No, that's not what the word means. A smaller percentage. The special pieces are special. Now, it's an abstract idea. You can say what you want. That's what it means to me. But it's not what it means, right? A-plus work means you're doing work from 93 to 100 or on a 10-point scale from 90 to 100. Uh, to say that you're doing special work would qualify you into some segment of not the total populace, right? And I thought to myself, you know, that reminds me. This young lady several years ago, I think this was six or seven years old, told me she was going to uh, Salem College, an all-women's school, a lot of different ideas going on there, and she was talking to me about different social issues. And at this point, uh, so Trump started to run in maybe at 15? Anyway, Trump was running, and she said to me, what do you think about us having this orange-haired monster in the White House or something along those lines? I remember the words orange-haired monster. I said, what do you, like, if people vote him in, they vote him in. It's like gay marriage, you know? And she was like, oh, yeah, how do you feel about gay marriage? I said, well, it's different people have a natural tendency to love different things. I mean, there's some people who just love, they don't want to have children, but they'd, rather, they'd like to have foster children. They don't like the idea of manufacturing this and that and the other, but they love the idea of farm to table. They're hardworking people, or they have a natural tendency, let's say, to just sit on the porch and watch life go by. There's different folks that come from different places, and different people love different things. There are arguments in other countries that people love uh, children, right? They have an affection for children, and most people think, well, that's that's very unnatural. It's very, it's it's quite. The opposite is probably is a natural thing for them because that's how they developed. There are certain people who speak a certain way and have speech impediments and problems, and we would call that an impediment. We'd call that some sort of, you know, they would something that qualifies for speech therapy. They may think, well, this is just how I talk. Okay, they don't see it. Like if I speak to you as I said earlier, and I say this is nonsense, and I try to qualify it for you because you don't know any better, then you don't. But to, to, to you, there may be no idea of better. That's just how it is. And when it comes to things like gay marriage, you've got people who want to be married and want to be in, let's say, a civil union, but they want the protections and they want to... Okay, well, here is my fundamental understanding of this. Marriage is the... Or the, the marriage license and the perks that go along with it, the tax benefits and those things, right? Just from a bureaucratic stance. My understanding is that it de is derived from two people, a man and a woman who can procreate, have children who will go into the education system. They'll be part of the other social uh, programs and grow up to uh, be employed or to employ people to, to pay taxable income back into that same system. Uh, they're creating more people to do that by being married and procreating, having kids. And then you, so you give them a tax break the way that you would give a loan or any breaks to a small 
business owner because he's employing people and it's the greater good of the community. It's what he does um, for his employees and how that keeps the bubble uh, and keeps the community working. All right, so you have the man and the woman who can have the kids. They go to the, they're going to the schools we're funding, and, of course, they'll be going to, to visit the hospitals, and they'll be you know maybe volunteering in the fire department and all those things. Well, if you give the benefits to two people who biologically cannot have children, what are you doing for yourself? You know, they sure, they want to get married, and they want to be recognized, but they're not going to procreate and have children. Well, they can adopt. And I said, well, then they can adopt. But you're asking me to give you the same tax benefits, let's say, as a nonprofit that I'm giving the guy who's for-profit. Let's say you want to adopt kids. There's a lot of psychological studies that show that biological parents, that interactions with the biological parents, that if you have, you know, it's one of those children are significantly stronger in terms of the socioeconomics, in terms of how much money they make, the ambitions they have, graduating from college. Those are what the studies show. And so when you have those things being studied and showing you know, a, a difference, you might tend as a community to want to have the strongest structure underneath of those children, which would mean people not having children until they're married or having, if you conceive, you get married and you stay together for the kids to have the greatest chances. Now, the kids who have biological parents that remain in their lives still stand, you know, like the second best uh, chance and so forth and so on. It doesn't mean anybody doesn't love the kids that they are, have guardianship or they're watching over. That has nothing to do with it. But if you are in a position where you're going to adopt kids and raise kids and you're sending them into those schools and those other things, there's a great argument there to give those people the same tax benefits that you would give any other home regardless of if there's two heads of the house or two ladies of the house or however they identify. So you do what you want to do in terms of that as a community. If you want to vote on it and you guys support that idea and you get behind it, go after it. You know, it, you, one of the undermining things from me saying that, and you could say, well, you know, okay, so they got to adopt kids. Well, what if one of the parents is one of the biological parents and now they want to have a homosexual relationship? Oh, well, wait a minute, one biological parent is still involved, and they can be married, and they can... What does that mean to the statistics? Now, it's well, well, on paper, from what I just said, they would have just as good a chance as if they had the guy and the girl who conceived them. Doesn't that seem right? There you go. So am I for it, or am I against it? I don't know. You said a lot of stuff there. Right. Well, I don't, you know, it's up to you and your community to decide. I don't decide. I'm not registered to vote. I, I tend to sit back and, and observe as a natural observer to do all of this homework and then sort of spread my voice and hope that it does some good. Um, it's just one of those things where um, you are in one of those positions that if, if you are strongly against or for some idea that's in politics or your community – Wonderful. Share your idea. But be ready for the outcome to go one way or the other and for you to be able to function with it. These are not like the proverbial hills to die on. You don't have to be in those situations. There's nothing that says you can't live and learn or live and tolerate. Everything's got to go your way. And there's certainly other communities that are more than happy to accept your um, endeavor to buy a house and be a 
prevalent part of their society. So nothing stops you from going somewhere that you are wanted, right? The other people have a natural tendency to want to be that um, outlandish person. You know, they want to move somewhere that doesn't accept this, that, and the other, and then cry the blues about that community. Now, why? Why would you want to go down that road and try to fight about those things? You know what I mean? It's like, um, um, I don't know. It's, to me, a complex thing, right? Because maybe somebody just wants, they feel that's their natural tendency to be drawn to go and change things and go against the grain. Can it be done? Could be done. I wouldn't want to fight that fight. Maybe they do. Their competitive nature may go in a different um, direction than mine does. And I, and I don't look at that. Um, I don't know. It's You know what I mean? It's like You're in a position where you're um, going to go down the road of talking to people and maybe advocating for this and raising awareness and so forth and so on. And I can appreciate all of those endeavors and all of the energy that goes into you know, knowing that you're going to encounter great resistance. You know, many people like the underdog, the undefeated, you know, the Disney story of so forth and so on. I appreciate those things. I love watching those sports movies and the, you know, I don't know if, how many of you have seen like the Code of Honor and things like that with, um, that's Men of Honor. With Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robert De Niro is the, 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 the first, um, I guess it's the first minority, or maybe it's the, just the first black guys who are in go through the Navy diving school, and how what a journey that was. And, you know, there's there's a lot of those kinds of stories out there, and depending on what content you're exposed to, you may have a, you know you may have a favorite, you may not like any of them, but I like that kind of stuff. Um, to me, it's the reward, the payoff is is tremendous because the odds were so much against it, right? Winning the lottery. But I've never looked at it and said uh, that I want them to lose. I mean, you know, some of those stories are just not my. They don't percolate me. They don't motivate me. The content or the the journey they're on is not something I particularly relate to. However, you got you know something else. You love dance. You're a young person. You want to watch. Bring it on and whatever these, you know, I'm out. I'm I'm out of that game. <laughs> I haven't had the teenager game for for 19 years now. <laughs> but I understand. I, I saw the movies when I was younger. I gravitated more towards comedy than the the outrageous uh, high school spirited kind of. You know, when I was in high school, it's when they made like Varsity Blues and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I've I've seen my fair share of Friday Night Lights and things, but. My natural tendency is not to go for those things. Um, so, you know, I guess I would say to you that if you're in one of those positions, you like those things, embrace that about yourself. Be your own person. If there were more people that had the mindset to tolerate you and try to relate to you, at least on the surface... You know, there wouldn't be anything to hide with each other. Wouldn't be any of this, well, all art is special, you know. Okay, what do you like? All right, that's what you like. 
Here's what I like. Don't try to tell me, you know, about everything. Tell me what you like. That's all you can do. I appreciate when people spend their time on me. I mean, that's why I've always said that in my videos, my podcasts. You know, I appreciate you spending your time on me. Um, sometimes I think that people look at other folks. and Don't get me wrong. I have a natural tendency. I have a great affection for turning on um, the videos I found on Reddit. Uh, the ones called Fail Army used to be very popular for me. I don't watch as many of those. Uh, there's some called When People Die Inside. There's other ones that are, you know, the thug life. But anyway, I watch these <laughs> videos of people being captured in all kinds of situations on uh, the, the YouTube. And just, it's just wild to watch. Like, some of it's, you know, cats being cats and people being people. Some of it's weather-related. But I just, I love, like, the chance of it all. Does that make sense? Like, that could happen. That did happen. Jeez, you know it's it's like seeing a, a hole in one on a golf course, or you're watching somebody make some crazy recipe work, some you know life hack out in nature pays off, you know. And I appreciate those things. I think more than anything, um, and it makes me feel very happy, uh, quite frankly, to see. Um, People be able to capture those videos, be able to share them with me, and I, you know, my natural tendency as an observer is to like, yeah, that's, that's that's awesome. I hope more things happen so that I can see them. Um, but one of the things I don't want to happen from talking about people's natural tendencies is to divide anybody and say, you know, that's where people are different from you. You should draw the line. You should not put up with that. That's that's negative. That's this. That's that. I don't look at things that way. It's just not my tendency. It's not my way, my pattern of thinking to look at you and say, I could tell you, look, biologically, that's probably a very unhealthy behavior. It raises your blood pressure. It does this and that and the other to you, right? That's where I would look at it as an observer and say, man, you lay off of that, whatever that thing is. But um, I also think that um, there's a tendency for people to want to do things that they consider to be unhealthy because of that same rebel mentality. They want to be able to say, you know, I did it my way. You know, you may live, you may have a shorter lifespan or whatever because of it, but you did it your way. And I have a tendency to be a rebel and want to tell the story. And, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I, I don't care that it's caught on video or if it is or isn't. But that's the kind of thing that might be in one of those uh, YouTube clips when I used to be a wrestler and we'd, you know, jump off of stuff and whatever, whatever. It's, it's just, to me, there's a tendency as a human being to want to feel everything in your nervous system set off at once. And you plug, plug in the uh, lights um, on Christmas when you've got the whole house, you know, decorated in the yard, whatever, right? You've seen Christmas vacation. They put the two electrical cords together, the hallelujah music plays and everything is lit up that's what people are looking for perhaps it's an intimate relationship and you want a guy who can say something romantically that just makes you all in your feels he touches you and you just melt 
uh, he makes you something to eat, and you eat it, and your mouth is just, mm. You do your thing with each other in a way that when you have your adventures, either going out and experiencing the world, vacation, memories that you're making with your kids, whatever it may be, you live in your natural tendency to be a person who may have all of those things because they were shaped that way when they were younger. Yeah, somebody hurts you, so you have a natural tendency to be better safe than sorry. You're an older person. You're single. You have a natural tendency to not want to get hurt and be vulnerable and risk your well-being in a relationship. You don't want to be in a B-plus relationship. You want to be in an A-plus relationship. But guess what? God damn it. I'm doing it on my own. I got my rent paid. My kids are this. own this and that and the other. And I don't want to risk that. I'm not gambling that with somebody else. So I'm just going to sit here and I'll, I'll stay where I'm at. And I'll let people in. And it hurts them, and it hurts the community, and it hurts everybody when people aren't willing to give other people chances. How could you ever get the gay marriage thing on the ballot if you don't give anybody else chances? You can't have a discussion about the protests that are going on in the world today. If you don't have a dialogue, nobody gets a chance. You may think, well, they don't deserve a chance. You don't know that unless you listen to them, and that's at least being tolerant and you know being aware of the other people in your world. To dismiss them is far more of a crime, you know. That's the way I look at it. Those are my abstract ideas. And that's my natural tendency. My way to describe those situations. And it just comes off to me um, to make a podcast like this and want people to understand other folks are not going to think the way that you do. You have a unique story because of how and where you were raised. The different ways that people have treated you are going to be their own... Well, they might not be their own reward. They might be their own damnation. However, if you can communicate with people, which is what I always encourage, open the door, right? Then they can understand and, and have a lot better common ground, at least in their mind, for how to speak to you, how to uh, better get along with each other. Whether you're going to agree or not, you can figure out ways to coexist. And then you can build from there, because maybe you're not just tolerating each other from a distance or with barriers. Maybe you're actually able to bond with one another and have your own inside jokes, and maybe you'll go out and have your own adventures. Boy, I really hate that son of a bitch. <laughs> Why don't you invite him over to dinner and try to talk about some different things and see how it goes. The ways of the world are many. We all have our own natural tendencies. But the more that you recognize that, the more you may find that a lot of us are on the same path. Anyway, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon. I am going to go enjoy uh, a little bit of this weather. Maybe get some sushi, I think is calling my name. And I hope all of you guys are enjoying yourselves as well. Thank you for listening to me. And this has been uh, Escaping Vanity, Episode 5. For anybody who's out there on iTunes and, and subscribing and paying attention to all of these, you're more than welcome to, to like it or share it or... You find me on Facebook, give me some criticism or whatever. 
but I appreciate your time.